The Real Estate Sessions is sponsored by AdWorks. AdWorks makes digital advertising brilliantly simple. Choose your zip code and build your brand. Enter an address and promote your listings. Or upload your list and stay top of mind with your sphere of influence. And if you go to adworks.com slash billrisser, you'll do more than just build brand awareness or nurture your network. Right now, you get to save 15% off your purchase, and I get to send 10% to the Colon Cancer Alliance, an organization that means a great deal to me. That's www.adworks.com slash Bill Risser. Yeah, and there's days that I wish I was the cold calling king and that I could do all those calls, but uh, that's not me. And I, that's one thing I learned what, just what last week at Life Hack Your Brand, you know, oh AAR's event, and um, listening to Jeff Turner and Deborah and Seth Price and, and Katie, it just is one of those where you have to be true to who you are and just I think the, the word I took away from there was authentic welcome to the real estate sessions and join industry leaders as they share their stories and offer tips and advice to real estate professionals now your host Bill Rissa of Chicago title Arizona Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Today, we are joined by the owner and designated broker of Hyduke Realty Experience, Bart Hyduke. I've uh, had the pleasure of knowing Bart for quite a while and, and been able to watch his business grow over the years. And today, you get a chance to know a little bit more about Bart. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bill. This is awesome that uh, you invited me. I've known you for a while. I know you're uh, from Western Michigan, specifically mm -hmm. Kalamazoo, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'm just guessing you're slightly excited about the Western Michigan University Broncos and their New Year's Day game. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, uh, Western's not my alma mater, but boy, did I spend enough time there with some friends that attended that uh, it almost feels that way. But yeah, hitting the Cotton Bowl this year for them is... Uh, Pretty fantastic. Yeah, they're, so their their slogan is "Row the boat." Am I right? Row the boat. Yep. Yeah, PJ yeah. Flex. That's their whole uh, their mantra over there. Yeah. So it's exciting to see that they were the out of the non top five. They're the other five. You know, the MAC and all these other right. conferences where uh, they were the highest ranked ones. So they get the Cotton Bowl. That's yeah. gonna be just awesome. It's it is fantastic. It was great to see them on uh, College Game Day a few weeks ago, and uh, you know, just to see the uh, excitement in the town and. Everything that's going on there, you know, I mean, Western being in the Mac isn't, I remember 20 years ago when college football wasn't what it is today. And it was a huge deal that ESPN came out on a Thursday night to um, show one of their games. Yeah, that's, so. that's really cool. I, I love watching that part of college football. You got like the uh, North Dakota State mm -hmm. Bison uh, and Western Michigan now having this undefeated run, which right. is just amazing. One, so. of, one of only two teams, I guess. Yeah, so well, that's awesome. Some, I, don't, I guess you'll get to play Alabama. That's just the way it works out. <laughs> that's probably a good thing for them. <laughs> probably a good thing. All right. So tell me about growing up in, uh, in, in Kalamazoo and tell me really about this phrase I hear so many times when they talk in the winter, what the heck is lake effect snow? Miserable. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kalamazoo is great. I, um, not only is it a fun word to say, but it's, um, just been a great place to be raised, you know, solid core values there. It's a small town feel, but you know, it's a town with the surrounding areas, you know, hundred, 150,000 having Western there is a, is a big in, influence as far as that goes. But, uh, you have that lake effect snow. We're 35, 40 miles uh, just west, east of uh, Lake Michigan. So any storm front that came through would 
pick up whatever steam that did over the lake. And if you haven't seen the lake, it's pretty impressive. Seeing it on a map isn't quite the same as actually seeing it in person. But It's like an ocean. I it mean, it's is. not a lake, right? It, yeah. <laughs> there, you can do some small surfing there. Yeah. But um, to see that, it would just have its own weather system and pick up. And right at 131, which runs north-south through Michigan, it would just start dumping. So if I lived two miles from the lake, I'd be okay. It would kind of go over the top of me. And get to Kalamazoo and say, oh, you, you take it. Yes, you could be from 2 to 15, 20 miles, but then after that, it just started dumping. But it made for some good snow forts as a kid and horrible driving conditions as you aged. Yeah, I was going to say, as a kid, it's, it meant snow days, and you, you had no problem with it, but as you got older. We'll talk about maybe that being one of the reasons you came out here in a second, but <laughs> let's look at, I, I, was, I really like bringing this up, that one of our sales execs here, Anna Everts, she grew up in Grand Rapids, very close, yep, just 45 hour, miles yeah. forty-five miles away, and I remember seeing the two of you hit it off once at, at, at uh, I think it was Next Age office, and it was just really cool to see that, um, you know, this connection, and also to watch two transplants from Michigan with fairly heavy Michigan Michigander accents <laughs> having these conversations. What was the deciding factor for you? What brought you out west? Um, I came out west. My older sister lived here for years. I think she moved here in the 80, 85, somewhere in there. And um, she called me in, I guess it would probably have been March or April of 2000 and said, hey, we want to, my husband and I want to start a um, landscape installation business why don't you come out and run the uh, field for us and I'll do the design and manage the office and that kind of stuff. So that's what brought me out. But a funny story about Anna is that she actually went to school with my cousin once removed, added back in, taken out or whatever. Same last name, obviously, right? Is that yes, how it was? Okay. A, a long way to get to she, uh, my mom's cousin's daughter. So she didn't put it together at first because we pronounced our last names differently. Oh, okay which is common with our family. <laughs> so either a high duke or a high duck? Hey duck. Oh. Um, high duck, yes. There's, there's all, all kinds of ways. All kinds. Yeah, I'm sure it's hardly ever pronounced properly the first time. So Correct. Um, but we got it right here on the podcast. That's all that matters. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. you. So you came out here and you, you were working with your sister. So uh, I'm guessing that you met your wife out here then. Um, I actually met my wife in Ohio at a wedding. Oh, okay. Shortly after I moved here, um, she... My best friend from high school married one of her sorority sisters, so we met at a wedding there. Oh, okay. And so she was living in Ohio at the time? She was living in Wisconsin. Oh, so, wow, we got this. The Midwest <laughs> is covered with you. I get it. Okay, all right. So we'll come back to her, but let's let's kind of move forward. So you get here, you work for a number of years in the, we'll call it construction industry. You're definitely mm -hmm. part of the industry, the real estate world. And were you... Was there always kind of a little bit of a thought about maybe becoming a realtor? Because you probably worked closely with them every now and then. Not even kind of. You were not even interested. It was not going to happen. It, it wasn't. Boy, that is so common for guests on the podcast. You've heard a few episodes. I Everyone's the same way. So what, what was that moment? There had to be this, this seminal moment where you went, hey, I, I think I can do this and I'm going to go get my license. Um, it's when I lost my job running construction for a pool masonry company in the downturn. And so this is like right in the middle of it, like 08, 09? Um, it would have been 08. Oh. The dark years. Oh, wait, yeah, it was the dark years. Okay. So I, it was, lost my job there. They kept me as long as they could. But then um, I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Hey, I've, I'm, I've got an original idea. Let's do property management where 
I also take care of the pools and the landscaping and remodel work. And I'm sure there's no other companies out there that do it like that. <laughs> right, right. So you got to be, you got to be licensed to do that you know, as property Correct. management. So you went and got your license and that was going to be the goal. You weren't really looking at selling maybe I, not at all. Not, not even kind of. I, then I realized what property management was about though. Not so much fun, right? Exactly. Yeah. I, Commissioner Lowe cracks me up. I'm sure you've been to a few events where her, she starts off like every, she's the commissioner of the Arizona Department of Real Estate here in Arizona. And she starts off virtually every presentation to every group of realtors with the same statement like, don't do property management. You're only going to get in trouble. To like the whole room, right? Correct. She's, yeah, she's probably time. right. <laughs> so I got to get her on the podcast. Let's see. So you, you, you become a realtor right in the middle of the dark years. And eventually you had to start selling because I know you sell now. Did Were you right in the middle of that whole distressed property thing? Is that what you cut your teeth on in the business? I did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Talk about that. Well, like you know, many new agents, I started dealing with tenants, tenant placement, just anything I could to get some experience. Mm -hmm. uh, remember, my very first listing was a tenant that contacted me about a rental listing I had. Um, and she, they, I asked her why they were moving. She says, well, we're even need to get out of our house, foreclosure, blah, blah, blah. And had no planned listing presentation forum or anything like that. Showed up at their house, come to find out. So it was a short sale. They were in a bankruptcy situation. It had been discharged, but not closed. And listen to you throwing these words around, <laughs> you know, them well. So now. my first, my first transaction was, uh, it was very, um, very interesting and a great learning experience. Right. Right, and there's no better way, right? And others just get, get, start jump right in the fire and try and figure it out. Um, you, I, I, you had, a, I think you were at another brokerage first, but I met you first at uh, Next Stage Realty. And mm -hmm. talk about your experience there with Kirsten. She was the owner and DB of that uh, operation. Just an amazing woman, and really a incredibly strong survivor. Right? She had a really horrible accident and came back from that thing stronger than ever. But talk about her and what she, influence she's had on you. Well, to start with that, it, it's interesting just to show how small a world it is. I uh, met her originally when I was had the landscaping business. We actually became friends. She was at Intel working. She had purchased a home. We did her landscaping. She and I became friends, and but then lost touch. So then I was at the original brokerage I started with, received her recruiting email when she opened up Next Age, and... I said, well, there's no way this could be the same person. Show up. Sure enough, there it is. And that kind of was my, I knew that was an opportunity for me to make the change that I, I really needed to in my business. But getting with her, it was incredible because she actually taught me the business of real estate, um, how to, and, you know, the importance of having solid affiliate partners, um, really what the contract and the addenda and how to just, work through them and use them appropriately. So she did what a designated broker is supposed to do. Exactly. Sometimes they don't, but she really cared about her agents and she, she, she made sure everybody had that base and they were able to build off of that. She also was pretty big into marketing and things pretty early on digital too, right? Yes. That's, she had a great platform and system for blogging at the time. Um, there was a lot of, you know, keyword searches that you could find her right at the top. She was, Pretty active and active rain at the time. That Intel background come, exactly. come, come into play, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, let's go to the next step. So 2015, you decide you're going to own your own company. You're going to get your broker's license. You're going to start your own shop. And I can't even imagine 
how big a step that is, especially, you know, you've never done that before. Um, talk about why. And then I'd love to hear, especially from someone like you who's running a small operation. It might get bigger down the road. I think you've, we've had conversations mm-hmm. and you've decided maybe it isn't just going to be me. I think I might create a small little empire here. But what's that decision like? And then we'll talk about some of the pluses and minuses that go with being your own, being on your own. Well, I really didn't start. I didn't seek out to do the brokerage at first. I needed CE hours. Kirsten also owned a um, a realty school. So I was able to do everything online. And so I thought, well, I'll get my broker's license in place of my CE. As that kind of went through, I was actually having a really good year last year, um, just solid numbers. And I was starting to outpace what my personal growth level was. And I was starting to have some conflicts with that. Um, so really going to my inner circle, you know, my board of directors, if you will, and just, Hey, how can I work through this? And them being business owners pushed me into the deep end and said, go do this. You need, you have your license now, go figure out and open up your own place. So it's probably not that difficult to open your own place, fill out some paperwork, you know, get an <laughs> LLC for the company, right? Not a whole or There's whatever not it is. a whole lot. Well, not a I, whole lot. I've, but I have friends in the business too that made it a lot easier okay. than it probably should have been. <laughs> yeah. So then tell me about the some of the things you've found as now you've got a little over a year and a half roughly mm-hmm. it, it, on your own. Correct. What are some of the good things about it and what are some of the things that are tough? Uh, some of the best things is I'm in complete control of my commission checks. <laughs> I'm... Uh, um, but it is tough because it's, uh, it's just me. I don't have other agents in the office to chat with, to, uh, bounce ideas off of and that type of stuff. So that makes it, it, it gets lonely. You also don't have someone to double check your work. If I guess if that's the case, right? Is that true? Very true. Do you have, uh, do you, you mentioned some people that help you get started. Do you have mentors in the industry that you could count on in a pinch where you could call them up and get some answers? Absolutely. And that's, that's, awesome. that's the great thing about, uh, this business is I've, I've been able to find plenty of other designated brokers, whether it's of a larger brokerage or if they're just like me and out on their own that we can just talk through some stuff together. Good. What's your, uh, what's the primary way you go about acquiring business? Are, are you kind of a hardcore prospecting cold call guy or are you more a sphere based referral based sort of guy? Last month I went to a event with Michael Mayer and during that they, um, encouraged us to go back and figure out where our business comes from. So I just did this. It's the time, the timing of the question's huge. Um, Every one of my transactions, but three has been sphere based or referral coming out of my sphere. Wow. Um, Fortunately. And I mean, even all three of those internet leads have been either a repeat client or have referred me on to fam- friends and family. So obviously you're doing something right on the service side of things that they're, they're turning into your sphere, uh, your referral base. That's awesome. So I'm guessing that you do things kind of the old fashioned way, right? You stay in touch with your clients, you build relationships, you um, cultivate to those relationships that, that you become this trusted expert, which sometimes gets looked down upon by the, people who are all about inside sales agents Mm -hmm. and making 150 calls a day and doing all that stuff. There is absolutely room in this industry for someone like you to come in here and build a very nice business out of being really good to people. Right. Yeah. And there's days that I wish I was the cold calling king and that I could do all those calls, but 
I, that's not me. And I, that's one thing I learned about just what last week at life hack your brand, you know, oh AAR's gosh. event and, um, listening to Jeff Turner and Deborah and Seth Price and, and Katie, it just is one of those where you have to be true to who you are. And just, I think the, the word I took away from there was authentic. Yeah. I, I hear a lot from, um, that from the hardcore lead gen people that you're, if you fail, if you can't get out of your comfort zone and go do something you're not comfortable with. And I, I just really, I tend to disagree with that. I think that there's a, there's ways to build a very successful business that don't involve things you're not comfortable with. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And sometimes your comfort zone maybe is a different price point. You know, I've done everything from 27,000 on up to a million and, you know, doing something that maybe you haven't done in that realm is a good way to step out of your comfort zone as well. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about it that way. Is there something in particular you're working on right now to help grow your business? Some some technique or tactic or strategy or technology? Really, it has more to do with pouring back into my clients and being more effective, um, taking that time. I, I've spent those moments as other realtors have of chasing that shiny object. Is it Commissions Inc., Boomtown, Conversion? You know, and I've even had the thought, do I just take my placed or site to the next level? What do, what do I do? But um, really, in the last couple of weeks and, and month, I've just figured out that it's really get back into who my people are and, and find out ways to support them and get back in their, their graces of, and keep top of mind with them. We did a little business planning class. I think you were at it, right? Where we where it showed the the ROI of the different sources of business, mm-hmm. and far and away, the amazing ROI comes out of your sphere, right? I mean, some of the numbers I see are spectacular: five, six hundred percent return by simply doing something a little bit extra, or different, or better with the people that already know, like, and trust you, right? Right. Yeah. You know, to that point, it's it's you, you always want to grow your sphere, but picking the way that you want to grow it. And sometimes reaching out to other people isn't quite the best way or advertising print or, you know, internet leads. It, those aren't always effective ways. I know because I've been involved at the committee level with AAR and Sevrar that recently in the last couple of years, you really embraced what's going on um, in that, in that spirit of volunteerism. That's just prevalent with all the leadership that does. And I talk about this, it seems like almost every week I talk about it on the podcast, but I'm, I'm also so impressed and so blown away by the people who are able to really give your time, volunteer your time to be a part of the, the group of people that's going to help guide the leadership of, of either AAR or the Southeast Valley Regional Association down the path that's going to make it more successful and better for all realtors. Talk about, first of all, what was what got you into, you know, that first committee and you're sticking around and you're staying there. So tell me why. Well, Sasha Lopez was why I ended up in my first committee, but it, it's an opportunity to learn. And that that's been one thing that I've learned through this whole process in real estate is you have to learn, continuously learn the contract changes, being with them, learn what goes on behind the scenes, not only because real estate's more than just buying and selling houses. It's, the legal side of it, what's going on with uh, different policies at government level, and also what's going on as as far as benefits to us as associations, whether it's the local at Sevrar or at the state level. And I have an opportunity then to meet some great leaders in our industry who 
I, I don't mind being the uh, dumbest man in the room and have an opportunity to hear some of these great leaders within our industry and, and where they've been and have the opportunity to ask them questions. Uh, you know, the other side of that, though, is, is service. I mean, I think that kind of speaks for itself, but the 80-20 rule I don't think is even fair anymore. It's probably closer to 5 to 10 to 90 because of the everybody's focused on their business. But I, don't, I believe in just trying to give back and being able to learn from those people. That's just not in your business life. That's your personal life as well. Service is a big part of who you are. Yes. I, that's My mom raised me that way. So yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? No, that's great. I love to hear that. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to bring up, um, your wife. So you're, she's sort of in the business. I'm going to say she's, uh, cause we've talked about what she does. Uh, do you mind kind of explaining to the audience, you know, what she does and how she's involved in real estate? Yeah. She's on the peripheral of it. Yeah. She spent 10 years as an HOA attorney. Um, she Ooh, doesn't like to admit that. I was going to yeah, say, no, that's wait, not you a, say that's quiet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we won't mention her name, but okay, yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, uh, but that's come in handy a lot in, in quite a few of my transactions of being able to have a little bit more intricate knowledge of that side of things has, has really helped out a lot. But now she really is focused on being a mom to our three girls. Uh, we've got a little one at home now, two and a half. Um, she wasn't able to be at home with the, the older two, so now she's able to be home with her. But um, she also does estate planning now. So trust, wills, powers of attorney, and really just being contract law in general has really just been a huge benefit to me for just conversations at home, different things. What would you do? How do you interpret this? It, it's, it, it's great conversation and having somebody you can talk to about it. So she's looked at the purchase contract in, in, in Arizona. I'm just guessing. She has. <laughs> and maybe, you know, kind of tried to help you decide where should this go? Absolutely. And, you know, we'll have differences of interpretation sometimes. Um, really? With an attorney? <laughs> exactly. You know, you get a realtor who thinks they're an attorney sometimes and an attorney together, let alone the husband-wife uh, dynamic. You're, you're making me flash back to my days as a branch manager. And we're actually recording this, the episode of this podcast in my old branch that I opened back in 2002. So I don't want to do that. I don't want those flashbacks to <laughs> disputes over earnest money. No, we can't do that. Back to the uh, state and volunteering for a little bit. I know you're on the committee for the 2017 state convention for the Arizona Association of Realtors, right? Yes. Yeah. And I've been on that committee for a few years now um, with my new role over on the other side of the country. I won't be on the committee this year, but I know you're there and talk a little bit about that experience because you talked about you get to meet all these bright people. The, the, going around the roster of people in that room when you get to get together, it's very impressive, right? It is. And that's where I said, I don't mind being the dumbest person in the room. That's uh, just a great room to be in. You know, Mandy is the chair this year. Uh, Mandy Neat over on uh, Weimar with Realty One Group. But she's she's got a great team in there. In fact, it, it was you that uh, suggested I maybe added to that team at the industry partner conference. Oh, I might've done that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Again, just an opportunity to meet a few more people in our industry uh, that just are, have a lot more experience than I do and being able to draw from them and ask questions and get to know them personally, which always helps when you've got to have that call, conversation and make the call later of, Hey, can you help me with this? Yeah. I, I, you know, Jim Sexton has been on some of the committees. I think you've been in there with him as well. And I can't think of some like someone like him to have access to someone like Jim Sexton when you got a question, who's willing to share any all of his his thirty five years of knowledge with anyone that needs it, right? 
Exactly. And that, again, that just goes back to the serving in those capacities. You're able to meet those people and develop those relationships. Well, I've had you here just about the 30 minutes that I asked you for, and I'm going to you know, wrap up with that same question you heard before. So this is not a shock or a surprise, unless I decide to go off the charts and talk about the Detroit Lions, which you must be giddy about that as well, I'm just thinking. Actually, I gave up on the Lions in 1992 and became a Packer fan. Oh, no. Well, look at the time. Uh, <laughs> Mary Roberts and Lake Havasu just keeled over um, because she didn't know that a Michigan guy was rooting for her Packers. Uh, <laughs> so, well, that was just for fortuitous to my wife being a Wisconsin native. So, Oh, good call. Smart. Okay. Let me get, let me, so let me get that last question. And what advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? Find your board of directors, your inner circle, make sure it's somebody that uh, you can be honest with that will be honest with you and will give you great advice. Um, just going through your marketing plan, your goals um, and holding you accountable to all that. And I think also just to make sure you're in the right brokerage for you, that your broker is getting getting you what you need the way you need it, I think is important. Sometimes splits and you know benefits are a decision maker for too many agents. And I, I, I think really just getting into that and, and asking the right questions and not being afraid to move if it's not the right place. You basically described your your career, right? I mean, you've done you're you're moving up, you're you're getting more and more successful every year, and it's because that foundation was laid for you by your first broker that really mattered to you, right? Exactly. And your board of directors, which there could be some family in there, there could be some close friends, there could be some some business people that you work with. They're all part of that to help you with that. That's just a awesome answer. That's great, Bart. If somebody wants to reach out to you, they have more questions, they want to chat with you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, email is the best, uh, Bart at bartismyagent.com. And one last question. The name of your brokerage is Hyduke Realty Experience. Now, there had to be a reason behind that. I dig the name, but I'm just curious how you came up with that name. Uh, that was a brainstorming session with a couple of people from my uh, inner circle. And it was, what makes you stand out from somebody else? And it, it, it's an experience. And I think that uh, um, walking alongside somebody who's buying or selling, uh, not everybody's situation is the same. And you have to be, you have to create that experience for them that they're looking for. And it could be because of a different life event, whether it's marriage or a child or on the other side of it, a death or divorce. And you have to be willing to give them the experience they need. And... Be human, like Jeff Turner talks about, <laughs> with values, empathy, and judgment, and all those great things that uh, we provide. Exactly. Bart, thank you so much for sharing your uh, your story with us. Um, once again, congratulations to the Broncos. Go Broncos, as long as we're not talking about Denver, as long as we're talking about Western Michigan, I can use that word, but growing up in San Diego, I'm not a huge fan of the word Broncos, if you get my drift. I totally understand and agree with you. So thanks again for being here and uh, continued success in your in your business. Thanks, Bill. I really appreciate it. Good luck on your move and your new position. You've been listening to The Real Estate Sessions with Bill Risser of Chicago Title, Arizona. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and tell your friends about The Real Estate Sessions as new episodes are published weekly.